Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico from Made in China Podcast, Source Financial Consulting Company, and the Source Financial YouTube channel. Uh, this episode is a continuation of what I mentioned last week. We're releasing some of the episodes that have been backlogged that, for whatever reason, we never released. This one is particularly late because uh, this was a review that Nick Nerov, who's been on the podcast a bunch of times and YouTube as well, uh, we did like a review of Black Panther because uh, we watched the movie. I think we watched it like three times. Um, so we're just kind of giving our perspective on the movie at the time, first reactions, and then also just giving a little bit of perspective of watching that kind of movie in China and just you know how it relates to being a foreigner in China and the climate and perceptions of race and stuff like that. So thought it was interesting. Um, this is going to be a two-parter, I believe. So this is part one. Uh, without further ado, enjoy the episode. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Well, let me just let me just set the mood. We are uh, sitting outside Antalya, which is a Turkish restaurant slash uh, shisha bar, right behind the IGC Mall, where we watched Black Panther last week. I watched it twice last weekend, Friday, Saturday, back to back, back to back, because it was, it was it was that good. Um, and I'm sitting here with Nick, who's been on the podcast multiple times at this stage. Europe, and we've done a bunch of YouTube videos together as well. But yeah, I just think. Um, Obviously, this is this topic is a little bit different from what I talk about on the podcast. But we did watch Black Panther in China, and I feel like it is like a monumental movie moment, and it was just a great movie in general. So we wanted to do a deep dive into yeah. into what our thoughts were. Yeah. So if you're expecting us to talk about business in this episode, it's not happening. Yeah. Sorry. It's gonna be a little bit behind the scenes, a little bit personal. So you know, we, we're we're gonna talk about our thoughts, our feelings. Mm-mm. Um, so let's let's uh, let's kind of we were talking a little bit more about where we want to start. Obviously, the biggest aspect of this movie, the most interesting part about this movie, was that it's one of the it's the biggest blockbuster movie that has an all like pretty much all black cast. Yeah, it's definitely the first. Other than two white guys, the but, one I mean, villain, the one and uh, Doctor Watson. It's, it's his name? Um, yeah. There's a claw, and then and then the guy who plays the agent. Yeah, the, uh, the CIA say, agent. But um, yeah, it's pretty much the first, and it's it is the first. Well, it's the first Marvel black run Marvel superhero movie from the current universe. The first black Marvel superhero was Blade, mm-hmm. and he actually Blade is it's a kind of underrated because Blade was like the first Marvel superhero movie yeah. that worked. Yeah, like all the other ones were shit. And I remember I even watched Blade when I was yep. a little kid. I watched it back in Belarus before yep. I even came to Canada. Yep. Um, and it, it wasn't even a superhero movie. It was just like a vampire movie. I didn't even see it as like as a su- this, yeah. the Marvel thing wasn't even on my mind. I didn't know it was a Marvel character too. I didn't think of it as a super. I guess I kind of thought of it as a superhero movie, but like mostly it was a vampire movie to me. And I was a kid, so I was kind of terrified of vampires, anyways. So I was yeah. actually scared of Blade. Yeah. Even though it was a cool movie. He like that's the type of dude that you run in on a dark street and you don't <laughs> want to mess with him. Like that black trench coat, you know, yeah. like. It's just a whole lot. Like the, the, he looks at you, his look, the crazy tattoos, eyes. yeah, you know. But um, yeah. So it, that kickstarted what is now the Marvel 
the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I, th- I, I think, think actually the perfect place to start is um, the the state of uh, just Western films and hero, superhero films in China that you've noticed over the past three years. I mean, um, are they do they tend to be big here? When they well, I mean, of course, super, superhero movies work everywhere. You know, there's like um, I think the difference is with China. It's like the I don't think the Chinese people have as much of the background or the yeah. history of these yeah. characters. Um, I think a lot of them are just approaching it from like, oh, this is Marvel. Like they know Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They maybe knew Iron Man. Like Thor, Iron, Thor I mean, Ragnarok was was a. Well, no, I mean they know the characters now. I'm just saying, like, yeah. ten years ago, they didn't, like they probably only knew Spider-Man. To be honest, out of all of these characters that are out, and the Hulk maybe. Yeah. And the Hulk, but like Captain America, Iron Man, uh, Ant-Man. Thor, like these were all characters that nobody knew in China, I'm sure. So I think the the one advantage that Black Panther had was that they've Marvel's built up this rich history. I mean, I think they've released like 18 movies, man. Like, you know, so over 10 years. So I think that the audience in China was already primed for this, mm-hmm. and they know that if they go watch a Marvel movie, they're gonna have fun. It's gonna be funny. It's gonna have interesting moments. There's gonna be a lot of action. So I think yeah. that was already like, okay, that's base. Right? That's what's expected. That's what's expected. And then the second part was like, oh, this is different. This is an all-black cast. What is this going to be like? You know, I think that was where the curiosity curiosity was. I think that in terms of the race part, for me, I was talking to you about this on WeChat, but for me, the biggest thing is, uh, like, I, I, I equate it back to, like, Obama, right? Like, when I first came to China, because I wear suits and shit, my students were like, oh, you, uh, you look like Obama. You look like Obama. And it's like, that could be construed as racist but I think what they were trying to communicate is like you dress you, well you dress well and you look like a, you look like a black celebrity but the only person they not even a black celebrity but more like a level of sophistication yep. like you know they're, they're taking uh, not but, necessarily like the skin color like they, yeah that's the base they definitely of it are taking, that's the base it? of it I mean because they're trying to think of who would, what celebrity can I compare this person to right right and then it's like oh well, well that fits their mental model that, and, yeah. and Obama the way he talks the way he presents yeah. himself like and the, I can see how they can see it because uh, you know you tend to carry yourself very on the level like you're, you're very mellow you never lose your cool kind of thing you know you're very relaxed and composed at all times plus the outfit I, I can definitely see how they went for it and I think that's from a Chinese perspective I think that's more like that's a huge compliment definitely a compliment than, I like, think if oh, anybody you're black guy I think if that. anybody said that it would be a compliment like regardless of what country you're in um, so I, I you know when I when I analyzed it deeper I was like oh well you know with Obama's legacy like Forget about his politics. Forget about what he actually did while he was in office. The legacy that he's leaving behind is like there's kids that grew up in places like China, in other parts of the world that were maybe eight years old when Obama became president, or yeah. ten, and now they're like eighteen, sixteen, or they were twelve and now they're twenty. Like the first real president of America that they remember is Obama, and they remember seeing this black guy in power, which ultimately translates into like these kids growing up now and seeing that somebody of that skin color could also be like presidential mm-hmm. and, and and like a, a, a what do you call it a leader yeah so that, that was cool I was like that's really that's a big thing that's a big thing that's a big legacy that he's leaving behind and I think Black Panther is the same right now where it's like there's gonna be kids that are eight years old going to cinema and they're the one of the first superheroes they're going to imagine themselves being is Black Panther and then you know there's going to be probably three more Black Panther movies. There's going to be the Infinity War movies and stuff like that. And 
you know, there'll be Chinese kids who now their favorite character is Black Panther, and they're gonna grow up like that. And then also, they, there's a lot of Chinese kids that, in, first of all, basketball is the number one sport here. Yeah. So that's that's another like thing that is is going to subconsciously create change in their minds. Yeah. So that's that's to me that I don't really care too much about like I'm not thinking too much about the all black cast or whatever. I think that legacy is the most important thing. Like that's that's the coolest thing I think for me. Yeah. Uh, the the archetype and the stereotype is yeah. changing rather yeah. than uh, seeing it as like you know oh like just just another like hood gangster type yeah. of like you know that that can be perceived from like a lot of movies that you know are portrayed as it's like uh, now seeing more. Uh, public figures yeah. that are African American or of African descent that, that actually like you know real good actors in, in movies that matter that movies yeah. that matter movies that are smart movies in that are well done power. positions of power so like instead of a, a Chinese kid thinking well oh you must play basketball or you dance or you rap they might be like oh this guy could be a, a president or this yeah. guy or he's a business leader, he's a business person. which is in your case that's what it is it's a different be- thing because yeah. you, you've told me before that you know when you yeah. say um, it's like, oh, what do you do here? And uh, you say, oh, I'm a CEO, you know, I have my own company. Yep. Um, and you dress well, and it's like, it comes as a surprise to people. Um, I think it's more of an age thing than anything else, though. Right, when you say, yeah. Because the vast, major- like, the vast majority of foreigners here are doing business in China. So that's not really as much of a surprise. I think it's more just the age. Yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, like, younger Chinese people, if, like, it's happened, like, when you go out or whatever, they might just assume that I dance, like I dance, or I yeah, you're like a you're a performer, or you're an English teacher, or English teacher, yeah. So I mean, and, and that's that's fine. Like those are the perceptions that they've grown up with. So I don't really fault them for that, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly my point. Is like now these kids that are growing up are going to grow up with different perceptions yeah. of, of what a black person could be. Yeah. So that I feel like that's the the most important legacy that this movie will have. And then beyond that, it was just a fucking amazing movie. It was like a really good movie. Like it's yeah. not even just a political thing. It's just a so. What are, what are some of the highlights of the movie um, when you were watching it, like first and second time? One more thing before we jump off of the yeah. race thing. You brought up something just before we started recording, which was like the perception of of Africa. Yeah. So one thing I was thinking about is like people th- look at Wakanda and they're like, Wakanda is like it's a fictional place. It's technologically advanced and stuff. They can't really equate that with places in Africa, but. Johannesburg is up there with any other city in the world. Like, and people don't know this. Johannesburg is 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 in South Africa. It's the biggest city in South Africa. Uh, the capital of South Africa is Pretoria. And they filmed a lot of the movie in South Africa. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Johannesburg, you're gonna see like you wouldn't be able to tell if you're in New York. Like you would be, you would think that you're in any other country that's developed in the world. Yeah, yeah. And just this, this perception that people just don't have. They, they're not educated enough to know that there's places like that in Africa that are just as developed as anywhere else. And I think the movie played on that really yeah. well, especially like at the at the end scene, like without any spoilers or anything, okay. you know, at the end there is a, a, a phrase where one of the UN members is like, well, what can Wakanda really offer us? Like you're offering the world help and technology, like what can you really offer us yeah. from like a land of farmers, right? Yeah. And I think that was like a really smart jab because even speaking from myself, like I don't know much about Africa and I've never been there and I haven't had any kind of, you know, wanting to go and explore it. But now I told you after the movie, I'm like, man, I want to go to Africa. Like I want to see what it's like. 
especially yeah. after after we watched the movie, you told me, man, like it's it's pretty advanced. Like there's there are big cities there, and I'm like, man, I've been pretty ignorant about it. Like I, I want to go see it. Like yeah. I want to. And go it's like it I was born I was born in Zambia. Obviously, I left to the states when I was 10, so I I, I didn't grow up necessarily in my formative years in Africa. But like I've been back consistently throughout my my life and the level of advancement that happens and I, when I talk about when I really think about South Africa it's like I used to go to South Africa and I was just like this place is super developed like yeah. there's, like, there's no difference between being here and being in Toronto and being yeah. in New York um, but just people don't know that like mm-hmm. they just don't and what's shown on TV is not necessarily what's going on and then even Zambia itself which is which is more of a developing country but like the capital city is also super developed like there's you go there's shopping malls there's fucking uh, what do you call it um, fiber optic internet like mm-hmm. it's like And it's it's kind of like playing on that perception where you know I can only speak for myself obviously but I would say you know from from my circle of of friends and acquaintances that you know Africa is not seen as like this advanced economy but it it is economically coming up and you know it's 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 almost like after watching the movies like the movie is not too far from reality it's like you think Africa is not is not a big deal right because like think about like when people think. When people think, okay, manufacturing, yep. people think China, China, maybe Vietnam, maybe like a little bit Southeast Asia, you know, they don't think South America, like Brazil, is one of the big manufacturing powers of the world. Yeah, they don't think Africa, right? Where a lot of the Chinese manufacturers, they're they're investing heavily into Africa right because now because they know that there's there's lots of potential. Yeah, you you maybe you think Middle East, right? Like for clothing or garments, or whatever. But it's just kind of. Uh, You know, poking at those beliefs, at those uh, preconceptions, and just like, well, maybe you should question your view of, your, of reality of because re- yeah. because it's not what you believe it to be. Because I think in the West, like in Canada and in America, because of the uh, the media, the mass consumption of media that's presented to us, it's like nobody really talks about it, and you don't really know how the world is really like until you step outside of it. And that's something that I've noticed. You know, coming to China, like coming behind the Iron Curtain and seeing the perception of the world from a different perspective, like talking to you and talking to your friends. Yep. And talking to other entrepreneurial guys who have traveled around, like myself, and just talking about the world in this complete different context of like, man, things are not what yeah, you, it, you, it, I believe them to be like two, three years it's ago. It's kind of similar to how China is is viewed as well. I think it, obviously that's shifting now because people know how much money is being made here. Mm-hmm. But like, China was also viewed as this backwards place, and then you come to Guangzhou, and it's like, it's arguably more advanced in a lot of ways than yes. Toronto and yes. New York and it's like 100% we're doing like mobile payments has been actually by the way mobile payments started in Africa mm-hmm. like that's something that with I text message right text message text payments message. Yeah, and yeah. that was happening 15 years ago mm-hmm. like 10-15 years ago people were paying for food taxis like uh, groceries and shit through their phones that time you know so it's like yeah there's a lot of things that people just don't know mm-hmm. um, but yeah you have to question you have to question your belief system and I think that's a big part of the movie so I guess moving on from that um, what was your first impression of the movie was, what, what were your favorite parts okay so uh, character wise I, I really like the main character and uh, the, the struggles that he had to go through. So, what was the the like the Black Panther's actual name in the movie? T'Challa. T'Challa, right? Yep. King T'Challa. Um, so, I think one of my favorite characters in the Marvel universe is Captain America, mm. and I really like his. You know, the why Captain America? 
so because because of like his beliefs and you know he's kind of like a natural born leader but he's not a leader in the sense where it's like hey we're gonna do this and that's what we he's kind of the kind of guy who's like he has these moral beliefs and people just round you know they surround him on that they're like man this is the guy i want to follow right and and he just he wants to do what's good he wants to do what's right for the people and he he really embodies like the old school forefathers you know foundation of america protect those who are weaker you know do the right thing uh, even if it's easier to do the not necessarily not the most right thing you know uh, he believes in the the kind of like the good of the people yeah and i found that a lot with t'challa but t'challa was a, a tad more emotional I, I, found, I saw a lot of emotion in him where he he had like a real struggle because close to the end of the movie and uh, I think we're gonna inevitably dive into some spoilers here but you at know, this stage I mean the movie's been out for like a month yeah just you know. watch the movie before you fully listen to this, <laughs> this, this but if you don't care episode, about spoilers then we're just gonna keep going this episode's probably gonna come out like in a month anyways it's yeah. gonna be two months at that yeah, stage there you go so you know it, it was it was especially towards the end of the movie where he confronted his father where he was almost dying and he yeah. confronted him he's like you did not do the right thing and that's tough like f- like to have a son stand up to his father who was the king who you loved and to see him do this wrong thing where it's like you left one of our own behind and instead of going along with you know the kinship of like no you're my dad and I'm just you know that wasn't that bad you know I'll, I'll kind of like mimic you and your behavior and whatnot. he was just like no he stood up to him he's like what you did was not right Yep. And and the difficulties of like first of all leading the nation, second of all, uh, you know, the kind of paying I guess for his father's mistakes of the past, and the way that the movie portrayed it, like really being able to sympathize with the villain, quote unquote the villain, because I don't even know if you can call him the villain mm-hmm. because of his upbringing, like the anger and the abandonment, like. I saw some of that in myself. I was like, man, if I was in that situation, I would 100% act out the same way. Yeah. I think uh, for me, first impressions, I, I, I was just really impressed by the character development of all the individual characters. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the protagonist, T'Challa, and then the antagonist, Killmonger. Like It was like they were reflections of each other, and I think most great movies do that. So similar to like the Dark Knight, you have Batman and then you have the Joker. Yeah. And the Joker is pretty much a reflection of Batman. Um, so that made it interesting because you're in a situation where you know that the bad guy is the bad guy and he's, he has to lose, but you also support the bad guy. Which, I mean, I was sad at the end of the movie when he died. You know, it was a very emotional moment when he died, like when Killmonger died. And then the other aspect was like, it was very beautiful. Uh, the cinematography was very beautiful. The It was funny as well. Not so funny like Marvel movies in the past which was also a, I think it was a correction because a lot of people complained about like Marvel movies like in very serious moments would crack a joke mm-hmm. which just kind of ruined the, the moment the build up of it yeah they just kind of allowed those moments to be what they were and then, mm-hmm. and, then, and, then and then they found the right places to inject humor yeah. so uh, the one the one thing that kind of I guess bugged me a little bit maybe you know you have a different view of it but uh, I was following through on the Killmonger you know plot line very close I was like okay yes I see it I'm agreeing with it like I'm, I'm seeing the motivations behind it until he became king and then he burned down that garden of like passing you know passing down so it's like was was that simply because it's just like I just want to destroy this fucking place just because like no that was guys? him so th- there's a couple different parts to that so like so you remember um, what was the thing that they said so first of all, his upbringing, he was a CIA operative. Yes. And the, his whole thing was black ops, where they send him to countries and destabilize 
destabilize the current government, yeah. uh, government system and then put a new system in place. Yeah. If you're destabilizing a current government, you have to destroy their system. So you I think destroy the what's it called? Uh, uh, they said it in the movie, uh, the legacy, like the, the way the, you pass on. The, the way you legacy, you have to destroy the system. Passing you have to uh, consolidate the power. So the idea of him becoming king and then them already planning for the next king yeah. is like, no, we can't do that. Yeah. I want to have complete control. Yeah. Whether I'm like the last king. Yeah, I'm the last king. Whether it's like my kid becomes king, but I want to control how that happens. So he's like, even the like the when T'Challa comes back. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't die, I didn't yield. We're still, we're still supposed to be in the battle. He's like, forget about that battle shit. Like, I'm the king now. Like, you know, he's like, I'm not following any of the rules. Okay, here's another question for you. How did he get the suit? The, How did Kamala get the suit? Well, he became king, so he went to the lab and remember she had the extra Yeah, but, but you have to know how to access Like, I mean, as soon as he became king, would, would T'Challa's sister not hide the suits? Would that be not the first thing she does? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, they were... They were it's also golden. They were, like, they, it's like customized. It's almost yeah. like she made it for him. That's a no, little bit of because, a No, because... Do you remember? No, because remember when she showed him the suits before they went to South Korea? She said those suits basically adapt to whoever is wearing it. Yeah. You know? So why is it gold? Well, she had the three options. She was like, do you no, want this one? No, they were all one? black. They were no, all... no, no, that one was there. Remember, he looked at it and he was like, it's tempting, but it's too flashy. I don't remember that. Maybe you're right. There was three suits. They had, she had okay. the old one, okay. his old one, which was an actual suit. And then suit. the two new ones. And then the two new ones. And the, new, the, the one was like his subtle silver one, and then there was a gold one. Okay. And he was like, ah, this is too flashy. I can't. Okay. And it makes sense because then Killmonger is just like, dude from fucking Oakland. He's like, fuck it, man. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna rock the gold. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yo, this is dope. Like, this yeah. is, I like this. Um, so I don't, I don't. I guess there is a little bit of a plot hole in the sense that if she was so upset about how things went down, why would she teach him how to wear the suit? I could see that, but at the same time, if he's king, she's just. She probably didn't have a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she stayed, right? She didn't. Did, she ran away. She, no, ran, she away, ran away. She ran away mom. after the. I think it was like after the first day. Yeah. Like after he was like coronated, and then they had the plan of like mm. sending out all the vibranium to the rest of the yeah. the world. But uh, yeah, no, I, I could see that it's. I don't know if that's as big of a plot hole. I think it's just like it's one of those things like you have to believe that behind the scenes, that after he became Black Panther, yeah, he went and then got, got the suit. Yeah. Can you imagine a bunch of vibranium laser weapons dropped off in the center of Compton? <laughs> just like just what's up? Thank you. Just to see like what's up. What's up? Yeah. yeah. How, how would that turn out? How do you see that coming out? I don't think it would. I don't think that would end well, man. I don't think that's a good look. <laughs> um, I think South Central LA would uh, just go to shit after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was it? What was the thing I was gonna say? You reminded me of something as we were talking. Oh, so yeah, my one criticism, the one main criticism that I have of the movie at this stage is like that time when he transitioned into becoming the king, mm -hmm. when he beats T'Challa supposedly. Um, I just felt like I think I guess that's the beginning of Act 3 they should have played that out a little bit more to show how bad of a king this guy was because at that stage we knew that he was angry but his reasoning was pretty solid and we could see like people would be upset because they love T'Challa and all that stuff but it's like I wanted to see him actually do more fucked up things mm -hmm. for me to be like oh we need to get this guy out of here because what what he was proposing was was like, look, we have all this technology. There's people around the world that are struggling, not just people that look like us, but just people minorities. 
let's just arm them. We've got operators around the world. We can send them yeah. our stuff. So he wasn't talking about it from perspective of let's let's boost like economic power somehow, or like let's provide tools for people to rise. It's like yeah. no, let's just give them weapons. Let's give them weapons so that we can topple the the pre-existing yeah. power. Yeah, which is obviously not the right approach. But like, yeah. that's bad in and of itself. Fine, but. I need. I think they needed to show why the people around him would be like, "This guy is really bad." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they needed to show him do some really messed up things, and I guess they kind of did. He burnt the, the, the garden, garden with uh, with the the heart leaf, heart shaped uh, fruit, whatever, mm -hmm. flower, and then he he killed uh, he killed the the guy who was the second yeah, to the yeah. king. Um, and then he was like choking people. <laughs> yeah, choking blood. <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah, it wasn't enough for me to be like. I also, it's just nice to see that progression of like, okay, this guy became power, became powerful. Let's see what he does a little bit before we mm -hmm. have like Black Panther come back and, and mm -hmm. take him out. I guess maybe it was like the runtime where they're like, okay, we yeah, gotta like keep yeah, it moving, gotta keep we it gotta two hours. It you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. It's almost like they could have made that movie into two movies. Yeah, you don't want to drag that out. You, because there's also like uh, the Infinity, War, the coming Infinity War coming up, right? You want to, you know, get get at that real quick. So I, th I think it was well wrapped. I think, you know, it kind of leaves it to the imagination, like you just imagined. The one little touch that I really liked is that usually when the when quote unquote villain kind of comes to power, takes over, yep. everyone who, everyone on the home base, right, who used to like, uh, who used to be friends or, you know, loyal followers of the king, um, they're kind of like, oh man, like, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep, you know, like he's, T'Challa's still my king, like kind of fuck you, right? Yeah. But that dude from Get Out. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, Kaluuya. Kaluuya, yeah. I don't know what he, his name was in the movie, I don't he, remember. He, he just came up, he's like, you know what? I see what he means, you know? Yeah, like, because... Like, like uh, he, he delivered, uh, what's it, Claw, right? Yeah. He delivered us Claw. And he it's did like, what... That avenged me. He did what uh, T'Challa failed to do. Yeah, he, 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 he literally, you know, he made quote unquote like my goals accomplished. So yeah, I'm gonna get behind this guy. Now. And that's that's really where the the character development done by by Ryan Coogler, who's the director. Ryan Coogler, like, I was just listening to a podcast where there were some people were comparing him to Steven Spielberg because it's like three. He's got three and three, man. Like he's mm -hmm. three and three amazing movies, and he's just progressing. Like he's he's like 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Um, anyways, but um, that's really good character development because Daniel Kaluuya's character was like, dude, we need Claw because Claw uh, killed my family. And then T'Challa's like, I promise you, I give you my word, I'm going to get this it. guy. Failed. So obviously there's that thing. Daniel Kaluuya is a, is a, is a leader of an army. He's going to be like, you failed. You had an objective. You failed. You're weak. Yeah. You're weak like your father. That's basically what he told him. So you can understand the motivation when Killmonger comes like, here's a present. I killed this guy. Then he's like, Okay, this potentially could be the right leader for us. Mm. And I, and there was another moment when um, T'Challa, I think the day after, becomes king, when he's walking around and he goes to hang out with Daniel Kaluuya's character, and they're having a conversation. And Daniel's character is like, "Dude, I think uh, T'Challa is questioning whether they should help the world more." And Daniel's like, "I don't really want to help them because if..." And actually, this goes back to the the one of the themes in the movie, which is about uh, xenophobia and like immigrants coming into the country. He's like, if, if we get the immigrants in, they're going to bring in their problems. Yeah. So you could see, like, this guy was like, but he said, if you want us to go and, like, clean up the world, I'm all for that. So he was already, like, in that zone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go and kick some asses and take over governments and shit. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to do the UN stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't want to become the next Germany, you know? <laughs> yeah. Bring in a bunch of immigrants and then go to shit. 
Yeah, so you, and that's that, that's one of the themes that they're talking about in the movie, how it's so relevant to today, because what's going on in, in you know, America with Trump as president, where it's like the, people are complaining about immigrants coming to the country and all that. And then you, here you have Wakanda, it's like pretty much saying the same thing, mm-hmm. being like, we've protected our borders for such a long time, yeah. this is why we have such a good life. We have life. our own economy. We have like, our own we economy. Have, we but, have technology yeah. beyond yep. advancement of anything in the world, you know. Why would we? Why would we want to allow for the chance yeah. to, for foreigners to come in and kind of screw it all up? Which is like you can see, you can understand it, but at the same time, it's also kind of flawed because we live in a global society. Mm-hmm. The reason why our societies advance is because we share information, mm-hmm. and we and even like if you look at America, the reason why America got developed is because they had a bunch of immigrants come into the country yeah. and develop the country. So it's just more. But it was an interesting conversation to have in a in a comic book movie, like. It's crazy. Um, let's talk about the action sequences. Yeah. What were your favorite action sequences? Um, I, I I think my favorite was probably the ending one. I really like the African tribes kind of warring with each other, and each one of them has their own separate, uh, you know, something about fighting them. style. Yeah, and, yeah, fighting style is something about like so the the ape. Um, what are they called? Uh, the Ape Tribe? Mbaku's Tribe. Yeah, Mbaku's Tribe. Yep. Like, they're just showing up, just oh, being by the way, badass. By the way, Mbaku's fucking hilarious. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that guy, at first you think he's an asshole, yeah. and then later in the movie you're just like, yeah, I really like this guy. Like, this this dude's dope. It's just that moment where he's like, where uh, the, the, CIA, the CIA characters oh, are yeah, trying yeah, to talk, says, and he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And he's just like, I'll feed you to my children. I'll feed you to my children. I'm kidding. Ah, I'm kidding. We're, we're vegetarians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. Are you done? Are you done? Can we can we move on? Are you done? <laughs> and then uh, yeah, then um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's tribe having like the shields and having the, shields, the rhinos. And the rhinos come in. Yeah, and then uh, the I guess the royal guard of the king. You know, them being super super badass, like women just fighting with spears, like Amazonian yep. women. Like that was so cool. Uh, I really like that fight. There's obviously the 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 action scene where they were in Korea. Yeah. So you guys have seen me waking up early for the past two days. You've seen me going to factories. You've seen me dealing with my Chinese employees. You've seen me at the IFC Tower. You've seen me working late. But you might be wondering or asking, how, how did I get here? Days in the life, 25 year old CEO, Source Fine Asia, made a China podcast, manufacturing consulting in China. That's the one that I, I was going to talk about. That one was really cool. Why don't you talk about it? That's, the car that's, chase? The, before the car chase. My favorite scene in the movie, and I'm, I'm going to splice in the audio because it's also in the trailer. I'm going to splice it in uh, at this moment. But like, it was when they were in the casino. And uh, it, it's, it goes from like 
showing T'Challa, uh, I think, claw running away or claw shooting at the CIA agent. Mm-hmm. And then showing T'Challa start to fight with people. And then it zooms up. And actually, I was, I was watching a behind the scenes thing and they actually did this in one take. They actually had to have a camera get lifted up by a wire to the second floor and then had a camera guy grab that camera and then start filming the the lady and all of this is happening so they're doing multiple fight scenes at the same time and recording it it was like pretty pretty fucking technical but anyways I just love that moment when the camera pans up it goes to the second floor and it shows the the general who's who's the female uh, warrior I forget her name right now but it shows her fighting and then the the music comes in and then there's this like yip, 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 yip. And she's just kicking ass. She's in the red dress, like spear, vibranium spear, just beating up all these dudes. And then she just jumps off of the, the second floor and it looks like her her dress kind of looks like a cape. She flies down with the spear and I, yeah. I was just like, oh my God. Just I was so hyped in yeah. her moment. I was like, that was like the bit, the first, I guess, major. besides the opening yeah. uh, fight scene, that was a big fight scene. Yeah, that right? was a big fight. Like and that was to start the action. You can tell when, and he also said there was no stunt doubles. They were all doing this themselves. Yeah. So you can tell when you're watching a movie that this is not CGI. This is a real person doing this, and how the hell did they do this? Like yeah. that's how I felt at that moment. I felt like a kid. And then I guess the the next big part was the the, the car chase. Um, I love the car chase, but my my, fa- my favorite moment in the car chase was like when he's in the he's in his suit, so he's got this new suit now, and because uh, vibranium is an is a metal alloy that deals with sound, um, he's like supercharged his suit and he jumps on top of one of the cars and then just kind of basically pushes it with yeah, all the explodes it. explodes it and then does like this backflip and then they have the music his music um, and it's just like these royal horns playing as slow-mo back, backflips mm-hmm. and then jumps on top of the roof that was of the second car it was just like ah I'm so happy I didn't watch the trailers because yeah. that all that stuff was in the trailers yeah so I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had the same reaction in the, yeah. In the cinema yeah, yeah. Uh, I was the same way I didn't watch the trailers I just went in like you said I, it actually just kind of glided under my radar because you know like I was in China I wasn't even like even paying attention to anything just kind of doing my thing and then you're like man I watched it like we gotta like I'm down to watch it again let's do yeah. it again um, favorite supporting character, favorite secondary character. Who would you say? Uh, favorite secondary character. I, it has to be T'Challa's sister. That's what I was gonna say. She's she's so funny. I mean, she's, yeah, I love the vibe that they have yeah, together. The big brother, little, little sister, sister, and she's vibe, yeah. so smart, and she's yeah. like in charge of R and D development of everything. And it's almost like James Bond. With a little Q. bit of James Bond with Q. Yep. And she's just like, well, here's how you, you know. But, but, but she's also like badass in her own right in terms of like she can actually jump in and help out. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas Q was always just like, here are the gadgets. Yeah, he's just like the nerdy dude. <laughs> yeah. The doctor. Always like, uh, actually, there, I was I was reading a little bit more and um, in the comics, her character becomes Black Panther at some stage. Really? Yeah. Do you think that they're gonna... I think what, what they're more likely to do is... I think they might do that, but they were saying that because she's actually the smartest person in the world. She's smarter than Tony Stark. Really? So they were saying that maybe she could become Iron Man. You like know, Iron Girl. Iron Girl, yeah. She, she could become Iron Girl. That would be interesting. I would really love to see a scene uh, in uh, the next movie of... Tony Stark and Tony her. Tony Stark and, and her then, meeting and then, together. And uh, then uh, Bru- uh, Dr. Banner. Yeah. You know, just having And Doctor Strange, because Doctor Strange is also a genius. So that just that banter between the four characters. Well, they they had they had the Tony Stark and Bruce Banner kind of banter because Bruce Banner is more of like you know unassuming kind of nerdy quiet guy. Yeah. 
and uh, Tony Stark is kind of like this dickhead, but but T'Challa's sister, she she's cocky. She, as well. she, yeah, she's cocky, and she she's got a mouth on her. So I want to see her and Tony Stark she's, really, like duke it out. She's just yeah. gonna be making old man jokes. She's yeah. gonna be like, you you old man, like, <laughs> yeah, and shut up, old guy. Yeah, he's probably gonna be trying to get at her. And then you know, um, what's his name? Um, the Tony Stark software. What's Al, Al, not Alfred? Uh, what's uh, it called? Uh, Jarvis. Yeah, but, Jarvis. But it's not Jarvis anymore. But now it's it? not Jarvis. It's, it's the character, it's right? Jar- yeah. Uh, so Jarvis stepping in, like, please. Uh, oh, you like, mean uh, the Vision? Yeah. Uh, no, not the Vision. Is it the Vision? Vision. Yeah. The Vision. Okay. So Vision stepping into that, and and just how these like characters. It's almost like a sitcom at this point, where it's like these characters stepping in and you know having these little banter's and having these little conversations. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And I mean, if you've seen the Infinity War trailer. A big part of the movie takes place in, in Wakanda. Like there's yeah. a big battle scene where they're all running through the jungle. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen anything. I, I've learned just avoid trailer. I'll let my friends watch the trailers. They'll tell me I'm just not even watching movie reviews. I'm not watching any of that. Anymore. But I'm just happy that because oh yeah, that's another part of this is like I found myself. I found myself being like I want to know more about Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think the I think the most interesting character of that movie was Wakanda. Like the culture, the city itself. Like I kind of want to. I was, I was almost thinking, like, what if they just made a TV show with just like daily Wakanda. life in Wakanda, like, yeah. like the way they have Agents of Shield and stuff. Yeah. That would be interesting. Did like, you I, watch that show, Agents of Shield? I did. I did watch a couple seasons, and I kind of lost uh, the la- Like you know how it is. Like after three, four seasons, yeah, shows kind of lose. It yeah. becomes the same thing every week. You yeah. Know? Is that what it was like? It was just like it was kind of like Criminal Minds, where uh, you know each each episode is kind of irrelevant of itself. No, there was definitely a theme, but with shows like that, they know what works. They know that people like certain things, so there's a case of the week type mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I mean, it's like, a, what do they call it? The crime proce- procedurals, whatever, like yeah. the CSI type stuff, where it's like there is an overarching theme for the season, but every episode mostly has like a self-contained story, and then they'll give you like five minutes of the overarching theme for the yeah. season, you know? Yeah. So I just I just kind of got bored of it, like, mm-hmm. and that, also, also it's one of those shows where, um, because they're talking about like mutants and stuff, there's a lot of CGI, but the budget isn't there, so that throws me off. Yeah, I felt the same way about the Limitless show. I watched the first five six episodes of the Limitless show, and I was just man, this is such a repeat every time. Plus that girl that plays the cop, yeah, who was also Dexter's sister. Dexter's sister, yeah. God, I, don't, I just don't like her as an actor. I don't know what it is about her. I just I, she just doesn't. I really like her. I really like I like her personality I like, I like her vibe um, <clears throat> so Wakanda yeah like Wakanda was, was for me I was like I'd, I'd love to know more about what the daily life is because we saw the, the main characters in the city but we didn't really get a chance to see what the like what the normal people do yeah. that would be interesting to see in, in future movies um, what else uh, action sequences we talked about Okay, Killmonger. Let's let's dive deep into to Killmonger. Yeah. I feel like this has been talked about yeah. so much before, right? Like, oh, this is like the perfect villain, whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I found his kind of progression, his story, very em- like empathetic. Like, you can really relate to it. You know, yeah. kid growing up in the ghetto. Like, he didn't really know his upbringing, right? He didn't really know what was going on behind it's, the it's scenes. It's two sides of the same coin, right? So you have T'Challa. T'Challa is like. His dad is the king. His dad's a good king. He's present. He grows up in royalty. He's well-educated. He's never been poor, never struggled, really, until his dad dies. And then you have Killmonger, where it's like growing up in the hood, uh, pretty much left Father's school. Father's gone. Father's dead. How did he get raised joins, after that? Like, joins, there's no mother in the Ends picture. up looking for guidance, which is very true, actually, in real life, is 
a lot of people when they when they lose their parents or they, their, their father is in there, they end up joining the military because the military is going to give them some sort of fa yeah. fatherly figure and, and yeah, structure. Yeah. And then this guy joins the military. He's angry. He knows about Wakanda. He knows about he's his heritage. He's very good at killing. And then he yeah he becomes amazing at killing. And it's like you can definitely see how that would happen. The structure of that. And you can also see the how someone would be motivated when you know that you have a family in a, in a country that has so many resources and they left you behind. And they're also not helping other people that are in a similar position as yeah. you. Like you can completely understand what his motivations are. Yeah. And uh, I, I like the, the two scenes when uh, they receive, so first it was T'Challa, he got crowned king, when they received the flower back, the yeah, power the, back, and they have the vision. Yeah. And for T'Challa, it, it was... Uh, in the African plains, right? All of, like, you have all these panthers. All these or panthers, his which are probably uh, his grandfather and grand, grand, yeah, you know, yeah, great-grandfather. Yeah. And then you have his father, and they're, and they're dressed in, like, you know, more, like, national robes. Whereas when Killmonger receives a flower, he goes back to the only place he can really call home, yeah. which was that little apartment. And his father, he's dressed better, but Killmonger, he's just dressed, like, in, like, right? In, like, a hoodie. and Yeah, yeah hood clothes. Right, he gets the he gets the thing out. He gets the the journal, the secret journal out. He reads it, and then he has that conversation with his father in that kind of ghetto apartment. Yeah, there was there was a there was a powerful moment where his dad asks him like, because I mean, when T'Challa saw his father, he cried like immediately. He got on his knees and cried. He's like, "I miss you. I don't know how I can do this without you." And then the, the, when Killmonger sees his dad, he's kind of just like stoic, like yeah. staring at him. Like, his dad says, no father. tears for me. Yeah, no tears for your father. It's like everybody dies. <laughs> I was like, damn, man, this is that dark. That was real, that was too this real. This is so dark <laughs> for a Marvel movie. Is this for real? I'm just, I'm so, it's interesting how they got away with so much real shit in that movie. Mm -hmm. For a movie that's like a summer, well, not summer, the spring blockbuster movie, it's like, they really got to tackle some serious themes, you know. Mm -hmm. I've never teared in. A, I've never teared up or gotten emotional in a, in a Marvel movie before. This is the first Marvel movie that made me feel like that. Yeah. But yeah, and then he cries, and then you know he drops like the single tear while he's talking to his dad, and it's like yeah, like you can just. His dad was like he said. Um, his dad said um, something like, um, um, "Oh, I I fear that they won't accept you," and then he goes like, "Why?" He's like, "They're gonna say that you're lost." And then Killmonger goes like, maybe it's your people that are lost. And then he wakes up and he's like, mm. I gotta change to everything. Wreck. I just yeah. fuck everything up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for, for me it was uh, actually, there was one moment in the Quicksilver. Remember him? He was kind of like an... Which, which one? From Marvel or from the, the X-Men? From Marvel, when, okay. he, when he dies. Yeah, when he, dies he pushes... Arrow or uh, yeah. not Arrow but what's it uh, Hawkeye Hawkeye he pushes him out of the way yep. and then he's like you didn't see that coming and he just kind of dies and like for me like complete aside you know yep. me and a couple of my friends we used to just like have these little races in high school just yep. like up and down the street just, just running and uh, one of my buddies he was really into the whole Marvel universe and uh, he was this uh, he was this black dude and he was like a really close friend of mine um, he was basically he's like man like you're like Quicksilver I'm like, who's Quicksilver? He's like, oh, this guy, like, he described the whole thing. He's like, yeah, yeah you're like Quicksilver. You're like fast. You're, you run fast. You're like a Quicksilver. And then this guy came in. I'm like, okay, he's kind of a side character, but I like the actor. I like his hair a lot. Uh, I like the fact that he was from Eastern Europe. Yep. Uh, or, I guess, like, Northeastern Europe, like, whatever. You're saying Quicksilver in the movie, like... Yeah, so yeah, when he, he pushed aside yep, and then yep. he died for, yep. uh, for Hawkeye, that, that was, like, the time when... I like really teared up. You, that was like I, an okay. emotional moment. I actually, like, I, I, take, I take it back. I did get 
emotional when he died because uh, I didn't I didn't I really didn't see that coming like I yeah. really didn't see them killing yeah. him as a character and um, it's also like he he was also like the dude who was kind of perceived as bad but he had his personal motivations for like yo I was abandoned yeah so it's like fuck fuck you guys but then they turned it around to get him back on see their but team. this is the thing is that they had they had moments in the previous Marvel movies where they could have gone deeper into some emotions so for example Tony Stark a big thing that he deals with in the comic books is that he's an alcoholic. Yeah. And they kind of touched on that in the first Iron Man movie and the first two Iron Man movies, I think. And like a think. party boy type of thing. Party boy thing. But like they, they in the third Iron Man, they just kind of dropped that whole storyline because yeah. they were like, ah, it's too dark for, for our universe. But I mean, seeing what they did with Killmonger and like they dealt with some serious dark themes yeah. in a very smart way where it wasn't too deep to take yeah. you completely and it out wasn't of it. corny yeah it wasn't That's corny what I like it was, about it. It was they authentic. weren't overplaying yeah. it yeah. yeah and it's like they, they really just picked the right moments for example and I think this probably flew over uh, the Chinese audience's head but at the end of the movie when Killmonger has the, the spear in his, his heart and he's like we can still T'Challa says we can still heal you um, and then Killmonger's like why so you could just take me and put me in jail like like uh, like my ancestors it's like yeah. I'd rather jump off of the ship and die like like my ancestors did yeah J- jump off and die than be then in bondage be, then be in bondage so basically like the slaves that were being shipped yeah. over to America from Africa yeah. a lot of them jumped ship rather than you know be put in that situation I was like that was a fucking heavy real. moment. <laughs> real, real. Again, this is a Marvel. This is D- this is Disney, bro. This is yeah. a, this is a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, yeah. But it's, they just were very smart about throwing in those real themes mm-hmm. in a way that didn't wasn't over heavy handed. Wasn't soapbox like, oh, you know, like a. Hey, Hitting you over the head with it, just like throwing it in there. Yeah, you know, just throwing and it another in there. another thing that you and I talked about, which was I think um, a little bit skipped over, but for the I guess for the sake of the movie duration, was when uh, uh, T'Challa was found yeah. by the ape tribe, yeah. and they they had him on ice, right? They had him packed on ice, and it was like kind of resembling you know the same thing as the chamber where you receive your Black Panther powers. And then they back. bury you in sand. Yeah, they bury you in sand, but in in, in that tribe they, they buried, buried him, him in, in ice. ice yeah, yeah, to kind of like keep to him, keep him alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that was like that was. Um, yes, please. And that was played out. I feel a, a little too fast. Where it's like, oh wow, like oh, everything came him, so yeah. perfectly. Yeah. We found them. Yeah. See, but that, that was the go. point that I was making. Is like, we didn't miss T'Challa. Like, I didn't miss him. You know what I mean? Like, he came back so quickly that there was not a moment where you're like, oh man, this guy needs to come back. Yeah. Like, it was like literally the space between when he supposedly died to when he came back was probably like 15 minutes. But it's also like you were expecting it. And then that would have been one cool way that they could have subverted the expectation was like actually make him gone for a while. But but you couldn't do that. Because of the runtime. Runtime in the Marvel movie. What do you mean there, make him gone? Like let him just die and then do a second movie where he comes back? No, not Superman necessarily, style not necessarily and, like that. But, but just like you know maybe finding his body in one way or another but it's like you can't just feed him the flower like like there has to be something else that has to happen to bring him back yeah. like his like some sort of a fight that he has to fight internally to come back instead of just you know kind of like I guess they they, they sort of hinted at that because when he goes into the the I guess the, what do they call it the spirit world yeah, yeah, yeah. the he second time his father yeah and they're like yo it's time for you to rest like you know come and join us yeah. join your ancestors yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he goes like I can't rest you know, while the, while this guy's in power, like I have to come back. But I'm just saying, I I agree with you. I think it goes back to what I said. They just needed to have maybe another t- 
five to ten minutes where they show him gone. how bad Killmonger is right. and make you miss Black yeah, Panther. And maybe they find his body, but they they don't immediately bring him back. Just like feed you know, him just, the flower. Yeah, yeah, like then it's just like, is it, you know how long is it gonna be? Before There's this one anime show that I'm recently. Yo, you know what? He, uh, but then it wouldn't have been consistent with what? Killmonger's character. What? 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 I was gonna say they could have showed Killmonger terrorizing um, the civilians. But it wouldn't have been consistent because that's not what he wanted. He wanted to just liberate Yeah, why would people. he go after the little guy yeah, and, and I was like, start, start fucking around with them? Yeah, that's true. I think it would have been more if he... Uh, uh, it would have been more of an effect if they spent maybe one to two minutes of him just outlining the plan in more detail. Yeah. So it's just like, we're going to send the weapons and then what's going to happen? And then we're going to arm these specific groups and then we're going to turn these groups in. So like more lay out his plan a little bit more, flesh out his plan so that you understand the gravity of the situation. It's maybe, like if this guy stays in power, this this is going to go real Maybe bad. even have a moment where it's like the the operatives that he has around the world, they get like instructions from him saying, let's do this. And then they show those operatives in different parts of the world. Let's yeah. say like some dude in Berlin, some dude in New York or Washington DC or whatever, about like, to like attack the White or, House or receiving orders or, yeah. or planning. Yeah, out and then it's scheme. like it goes down to that last moment before Killmonger yeah. dies, where they're about to attack the White House or they're about to attack, you know, like Berlin and London and Paris and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. And then it's like that tension. So speaking of the last moments. Um, I really thought the scene where uh, the CIA guy, yeah. the CIA agent, I forgot his name, um, when he's operating... Agent, I think his name is Agent Ross. Okay, so let's call him Agent Ross. When he's operating that plane at the very end, he's shooting down these birds, right? And, and, and uh, he's he has like other you know uh, other planes on his back, right? And he's just and there is like this fly that's like shooting through the through the glass. It's one of sitting. it's one of the ships. It's I one of the yeah, ships yeah. I thought he was gonna die. I thought mm -hmm. that was like a hero. When when it's like, how long do I have? You're at fifty percent. Yeah, I'm gonna stay in. I thought they were gonna kill him off. Yeah, and I think that would have been a really cool scene to see. Even if they didn't kill him off, but like he, there was some sort he of collateral. He should have got hurt. He should have got yeah, hurt. Yeah, like lose I felt, an arm or lose Yeah, I felt that he should have got. He should have got hurt but because he got like like last second yeah. like scot free. Like yeah, well, I mean the, the 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 it was too Marvel. The ship too... the ship didn't even break the the, the thing. Like it, it didn't break the, the 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 protection. The glass. Yeah, he got like, to escape and then yeah. the ship broke the glass yeah. and then they, they so exploded just, the lab. Uh, they could have easily had him hurt because they could have just fixed him afterwards. Yeah, like it would have been so easy to just put him in. Infirmary and but I wanted to see some sort of a loss there, but maybe it would have been too much. There's just like too many plots going on. But I, I really like I got I got shivers down my spine where it's like I, I'm such a sucker for these moments where it's like a hero, like two two moments in movies that always get me emotional is a hero makes a sacrifice and yeah. an underdog overcomes all odds. Those are the two big ones that always like get to me. And in that moment where it's like. You know, you have to get out of there. Okay, how long do I have? Fifty. It's a fifty percent. You have no more than five minutes. I'm gonna stay in. And and I was like, yes. How did you feel about the way they handled um, having strong female characters in the movie? I loved it. There was not there was not a single woman in the movie that was a damsel in distress. They were all. I loved it because because you know what? Um, now I think from speaking from my personal life. Now I'm 26. I'm turning 27 in a couple of weeks. And I'm starting to get a lot more appreciation uh, in terms of women that I'm seeing 
or in terms of like the dating scene, like I'm starting to get a lot more appreciation for girls who are smart, who are clever. Whereas before, when I'm younger, if in all honesty, like for me, it's just like, it's like a pretty girl. She attractive? Doesn't have to be much of a conversation. We're just gonna yeah. hang out, like joke, whatever, talk about imager, talk about YouTube, like play some video games. Like that was very easy for me. But now I'm starting to get a real appreciation of like women, and they're so rare, I find, yeah. because I think there's so much pressure on women to to fit this certain stereotype, to, a, to, to have to fit a mold. Yeah, to to, to have to have this you know bravery to be themselves right and to actually say no like you know what I do like let's say physics or uh, I you know I don't just sit around and watch Desperate House like I do like you know uh, MMA or I like rock climbing like like having these girls who who are actually empowered and they yeah. empower other women and women that challenge men not necessarily as in like you ain't shit like, like not in a negative way but more of like the way that they are as people and the guys well, the way that the way that they carry themselves and, yes, and yes. their life yeah. and, I, and I loved it like like the little sister being so smart yeah. I love how they did that yeah, uh, and you can tell that the little sister keeps Tatala on his toes like yeah. she was like this there was a, a lot of scenes in the movie where she's making fun of the traditions which may, which is very relatable because yeah. I know from my own self me being the youngest in my family when you're the youngest in your family you're born into a situation where there's like traditions and yeah. hey we do this we talk to dad this way and I was like I was like, fuck that. I'm breaking the rules like I'm the yeah. youngest. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So I, I used to, I could relate to that and I liked I liked how they handled that. Um, <clears throat> the other thing is I, I liked that it wasn't, you know, I think in this day and age, in this climate where, you know, there's a huge feminism movement, I think a lot of times in these movies where they try to make a strong female character, it's like they're too on the nose of being like, oh, she's independent. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just, they try too hard. Whereas in this movie, it was just like, this is how they are. This is, yeah. There's no discussion about Espe Especially, uh, I like the vibe between T'Challa yeah. and the love interest. Yeah. That girl, where she's strong and, and you know... She's she, still very she, feminine. She's feminine, yeah, yeah. But, she, but she's strong and, and he, she has her own thing and she has her own kind of mindset where it's like, yo, we need to help yeah, and, and I'm going to go do my own thing. Which she's is got so her, she's different. got her own career goals. So yeah, well, like, no, yeah. no, but, but it's not even that. It's like, she's like, Usually it's like, you know, I think the the main perception of how I see it, usually it's the guy who, who says, you know, it's like, hey, I, I love you and I want to stay with you, but I have to pursue my higher kind of, like uh, David Data's, you know, uh, The Way of the Superior Man. It's like, yep. pursue your end goal. Um, and, you know, the woman there is kind of like to comfort you and to bring you that feminine energy. Whereas here, they kind of flipped it where it's like both of them have their own goal. Like T'Challa has to stay in the kingdom and make sure the people are okay. Whereas she wants to go out in the world and she wants to, you know, bring the technology and, and kind of do like a humanitarian cause. Yeah, she, she's, again, I think, it was, I think it goes back to she's got her own career or life goals. She's, and she's not willing to sacrifice what she wants to accomplish in her life just to date some guy but at the same time by that token she's very feminine with yeah. him and and she carry like when they're bantering together right it's not like she never crosses the line to fit that stereotype of like the the sitcom the american sitcom of like the husband's dumb the wife is smart yeah. and the husband's like oh i just want to play bowling and uh, oh the husband he's so dumb yeah. like it's not like that and it's not like oh, fuck you like you know, if you don't don't like it, like you know, you don't have to deal with it. Like I'm my own independent woman. Like they don't fit those stereotypes. So that, like, she's feminine, yeah. but yet she's strong. And, that, and that's that's, that's the point that I was making. Is like I like that it wasn't, uh, you know, these these women were independent or whatever. But it wasn't like a conversation of like I'm independent, like you yeah. know, because they do that sometimes. Yes, yes. I'm independent. It's like it no, doesn't have to be stated. Yeah, it just be, we just be, do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just live it. And um, I think that's a way better. That's a better role model for 
women or even men for that matter to be like okay you're independent we don't have to talk about it you just yeah. do what you do yeah, and yeah. I respect yeah. you verbalize what you want yeah. verbalize your wants yeah. and, and needs and, and just move forward from that don't so, necessarily stay hashtag independent yeah. hashtag I do what I want kind of, like it doesn't have to be said like that yeah something that when I was watching some of the uh, interviews with, with the, the cast that, that they said was like Wakanda is actually kind of an idealistic society it's like a what do they call it it's a utopian society in the sense that it's the the, the ruling class is flat so there's there's actually no difference between the women and the men like women can challenge for the throne in fact they have the funny moment at the beginning of the movie when the when sister, the sister puts her hands yeah. up and, can we and get like, it over yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah if she really wanted to be the queen she could she could challenge the challenge mm-hmm. like there's no rules around that mm-hmm. um, so that was uh, it was a good point it's like they just yeah women and men are equal in the society and that actually helps because then you have someone like T'Challa's sister where in a in another era she wouldn't have been allowed to get to that level in her career and yeah. then they wouldn't be able to have the smartest person in the world creating their technology you know it's like one thing that um, not with you saying that that was never really mentioned or maybe it was mentioned but I missed it is this whole idea of entitlement yeah like I feel like the the that society in Wakanda is more about meritocracy, you know, where it's like you achieve no matter like the sex or the race, but I guess you know they're all African, but you know y- you gain your achievements in your post in that society by by having skills and and displaying those skills rather than talking about oh equality, oh we don't have enough, you know, quota for men, women in this specific position. Like that was never like even a a, a, a mention, right? It's like you have the Amazonian. Uh, defenders of the king but they're badass warriors and they're there for a reason they're there because they're such good fighters right Uh, and I like that they didn't go into that at all where it's like you know because it's so easy to to, I guess pander to the common conception of you know the society I guess in the west right now where it's like oh we have to have certain quotas and we we, you know uh, people should should be deserving of more without showing any uh, any skill for the position or any kind of power for the position and I, I also liked I mean even when they did sort of have there was one particular moment in the movie that was definitely like oh this is women empowerment there was a women empowerment movie but it made sense a moment but it made sense was like in the final battle with all the different tribes fighting and you have the, the female warriors um, her husband Daniel yeah. Kaluuya's character yeah. is riding the rhino and, and she stops he, the rhino. Yeah, she stops. He's about to kill in Baku, and then she jumps in front, and then the rhino halts and licks her face. So that first moment is like, oh yeah, that's her pet. Like she, they live together. They take care of this yeah. animal. He might be vicious towards other people, but he's not going to hurt. Essentially, what is his mom? Mom, yeah. Um, and then she she steps down, and her motivation is like, dude, like what are you doing? And he's like, well, you're not going to kill me. I'm, uh, you're my love. And she's like, for the throne, without hesitation. I was like. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, I know where my loyalty yeah, lies. She's like, for the throne. That is a very unfeminine feature. No. Right? She's like, this is my career. This is what I this is what I believe in. Yeah. Even though I love you, that's, you're that's going the against... That's important, important yeah. point here. This yeah, is what I, I believe, believe in. Yeah, even, up for that. Even though I love you, I'm not going to... I'm not going to sacrifice my belief system just because you're my husband. Can we just say that Black Panther is like feminism done right? For sure, because it's about equality. It. It's not about men versus women. It's about equality. It's yeah. about you have your belief system. I have my belief system. 
and we're independent, but together we're stronger. Yeah. You know? And the, the, you know, I'm kind of like sometimes I get I get caught in this whole like you know YouTube playlist of just like the extremes of both sides, where it's yeah. like on one side you have MGTOW, where it's like go away from women, just men, and like these guys talking. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking? Yeah. About? Yeah. And then you have the other side, like the feminazi like meme, right? Where it's like fuck all men, we don't need men, fucking kill them, man. And, and you you have both these extremes. I'm just watching both of them. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Is this how how the world is right now? Like, yeah. there's no way. And then you have a movie like this, where it's like feminism and masculinity and the relation of the both done so, so right. well. And it's God, like the, the, it. there are very few moments in movies where, because again, going back to the archetype that you're talking about, where it's like usually, you know, the dude is dumb or he makes some mistake and he has to apologize yeah. and yield. I never relate to those characters because I'm like, in real life, whatever that guy did was not that bad or he probably wouldn't have even made that decision in the, in the first place. Yeah. But they're just pandering to the audience and being like, well, you know, the guy has to beg for forgiveness, right? Yeah. But in this moment when he yielded to her because she was going to kill him, he was like, I love her. I'm kind of on the, I'm on the wrong side here. I'm going to kneel down and put down my weapon. Yeah. This is a, one of the few moments that I've seen in a TV show or movie where I was I was like, yeah, I would have yielded as well if I was if I was his character. Yeah, I would have done that because I think it took her the love of his life yeah. to take him out of this trance yeah. that he was under. He was just like, well, this is not the right king for me, and this like they're fighting and the ego gets in the way, right? And he's just like so far beyond where he's like, we're gonna fight this to the end. It took her to take him out of that, out of, out of the moment, and be yeah, like, out of that fog. Question his belief system and realize and he's that. Like, you're right. I'm flawed in what yes. I'm thinking. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I just, I'm scared of my wife. Or, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was just like, oh, I'm actually on the wrong side here. Yeah. And I'm strong enough as a guy to be like, okay, I'll, I'll yield. Yeah. You know. And I was like, that was very, very well done. Definitely, like I said, definitely like a woman empowerment moment. Like, the, maybe the most obvious one in the movie, but like it made sense in the context of what was going on mm -hmm. in, in that scene. Wakanda forever hope you enjoyed part one keep in mind part two will be out next week and if you want to reach out to me that's podcast at sourcefineasia.com you want to check out the show notes that's sourcefineasia.com slash made in China check out our YouTube channel I think the day in the life day two is out finally out um, that's the sourcefineasia all one word on YouTube cheers <laughs>